Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, coming again from an undisclosed location in the middle of a <laughs> rain and thunderstorm here. So it is absolutely fantastic. And with me, as always, are my three good buddies, Eddie, Chuck, and Sherry. Hey, Everyone, uh, what's up? Hello. Hey. Hello. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Chuck and Sherry, you guys will begin this uh, storm uh Probably sometime tonight because I was looking at the uh, the weather app and it's going uh, southeast uh, towards okay. your guys area, Pittsburgh. And oh, yeah. we, we, had some, we had some high winds here, so be careful out there. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know what? It's been getting kind of dark and it's kind of windy. And yeah, we usually get we usually get the leftovers from uh, from out where you are, Joe. From Ohio. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, if all our listeners out there, we're we're recording this live on Wednesday, June first, and it's a little bit after seven at night, and you guys will be able to to hear some of that thunder in the background. Hopefully, we got some <laughs> lightning going on, and you know what? It's going to add to our our spookiness of the. Uh, the topic tonight because i got a great topic i want to discuss with you guys um, so this will be fantastic I, th- I don't think we've touched on it yet but um before we get into it i want to see what what you guys are are up to uh chuck sherry and and eddie so you know what uh eddie we're, we're gonna start off with you this week and uh give us a few minutes of what's going on with you what's new at house of the unusual and uh what do our listeners and fans need to be looking out for Okay, okay, yeah, I got some good news actually. Um, I haven't really mentioned much on it because it was kind of new to me, but uh, I came across an idea that they said in order to grow your channel much faster, uh, YouTube has been trying to compete with uh, Instagram and TikTok, so they created a few months ago, they created a thing called YouTube Shorts, oh, that's a short. and it has to be uh, videos that are one one minute or less. So what I did is uh, having Canva and a few of the uh, apps available, I actually started working and playing around making shorts for the channel. So now are these like talking. shorts you could wear to the beach, or <laughs> these, what kind of shorts are these? They're shorts. <laughs> they're shorts. I have little video clips, like for example, I'll say to people to subscribe, and what happens? It works just like TikTok. The only thing yeah. is on YouTube, and what happens is that it, it helps you increase your audience um you start getting a lot more um subscribers and stuff the only thing about it though is if you notice like anybody looking at tiktok they're scrolling up and down really quick and as they're rolling through you know they they click different things so that's kind of what shorts do um they they actually do the same thing but the only thing is what i'm saying is maybe the subscribers is not as valid as if they came directly to the channel itself it's just an experiment I'm doing to see what happens. Um, I've uploaded 50, and they're actually coming on every other day or every day. They're up to actually June 24th. I scheduled them, so they're coming together with the different shows. I also uploaded yesterday one of Chuck's special and made it live, uh, which is the Albeck Cemetery, where he went to visit uh, our, his friend uh, Al Becker, famous magician. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of those uh, that a lot of people, for some reason, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood has gotten quite a few 
uh, hits. The other thing was still Chuck is still going uh, strong with his uh, Robert Houdin uh, video. Yeah, it's reached almost uh, close to five thousand one hundred views already. Or might maybe surpassed it already. All right. Yay! Yeah. And, wow. and also, we also increased from um, uh, you know what we had a thousand two hundred some to a thousand six hundred uh, subscribers right now. Um, we're almost there. We're, we're shy of maybe 30, 40 subscribers for a thousand six hundred. But I mean, that's a big increase. So pretty much, uh, we're at one point six million instead of you know that, and uh, uh, everybody will be dancing after that, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Once we reach a million subscribers to our YouTube channel, we all get to level up into our new forms, like a like a robot form. I think I'm gonna go in a robot form. <clears throat> And he's going to go into the robot monster form. I'll tell you one thing. There you go. And Sherry will pull you out of a hat. There you go. I'll be the magician. <laughs> well, oh, that's cute. Uh, as I haven't really mentioned much on it because Dave Halberstadt has been doing the selling of it. But we, I put together... Back in 1918, Houdini, or I'd say 1915-16, Houdini started his own uh, film company. He tried to become a Hollywood producer. And he uh, did actually film and acted in several of his uh, early films, in silent films and stuff. One of them was called The Master of Mystery, which was a serial, I think it consisted of, um, gosh, I I don't remember the amount of episodes. They might have been like 17, 12 episodes, something like that. And in 1918, there was a Spanish newspaper that offered a handout for kids. It was actually a robot that um, you can cut up out of a newspaper and you will put together like a paper model. Well, you know, going forward in the 1980s, early 90s, some guy in Spain actually made a copy and started selling them on uh, eBay. Not eBay, I'm sorry, they were selling them through email or something like that, but I, I know... Uh, in, in 1995 or 96, it was available on eBay, I think. And, well, anyway, they've never reproduced it. So I tried my hand in making it. And I actually hired somebody that was able to look at the photograph of the thing and redrew it. So I was able to offer it, and I made it into a 24 by 18 size. Uh, it's actually a pretty heavy stock um, it's kind of like white construction papers with that thickness and glossy. And, you know, I've been together, trying to put one together. I know Chuck tried to put one. It was kind of funny. <laughs> when Chuck did it, he calls me up and says, hey, Eddie, it's got no hands, man. I go, oh, man, don't tell me. <laughs> I printed so many. And then I realized <laughs> he was doing it wrong. But uh, the whole thing is I actually tried building my own. And I actually just finished it early this morning after like a week and a half of cutting it. And, and man, is it tough. But the um, but it did let me know that there is a couple little things I like to do, which when I I'm going to pass on to Davis, he sells them like a copy and tells them which is the arm, which is the legs, which is, is something that's really not mentioned in the original. But anyway, I think it's been the second time since Houdini uh, back in 1918 that this has been made. And apparently Dave has been doing quite a few sales today. I shipped him almost 100 pieces. Uh, nice. Up to awesome. you know, he's gonna start shipping them out to people and stuff. But anyway, uh, having said that, that's what it's uh, you know we're up uh, to, and pretty soon I'm gonna see how uh, Joe can handle building a robot because you know, 
Joe does not do anything construction or mechanical wise. I'm going to leave that up to my good buddies Chuck and Sherry. And so, guys, what's what's up with you besides getting ready to build me a robot? <laughs> yeah, you know what? We've been keeping busy, and it's been great with Sherry being retired. She's coming on shows with me, so uh, you know she's a tremendous help. I mean, she's keeping me company, and she's helped packing the things away. Actually, did something very unique, Sherry. I'm going to pass it to you if you want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, for our 30th wedding anniversary, I had to do something just a little different. So we signed up for goat yoga. Goat and, yoga. Yes, it's a, it was at a farm, and they had an area where we had our little mats, <laughs> and we did we followed a yoga instruction instructor. Oh, I can't talk instructor. instructor. Thank you. And they had about how many goats? Six to eight goats. Little baby, like little. Kids, I think you call them. Yeah, kids. They're cute. And they were uh, coming around and being so cute. And um, Chuck wanted us to put one on his back. (laughs) Yeah, yes, I could say there's a goat on an old goat. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the first time that Chuck ever tried. And he really did like it. Yeah. Did, did you make him wear the yoga pants and the yoga top? <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, he didn't wear all that cute. I'm a oh, thank, thank God. <laughs> I don't want to make anybody blind or something. <laughs> you did good, honey. You He did good for his first time. There was a, it was a lot of stretching. And I tell you, it did help my back. I mean, it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, yoga's fantastic so so she showed us a few exercises yeah you know what were you you know where you kind of stretch your hip a little bit and different it, things it, yeah. cer- it certainly helped i mean wow what, it was it was great what helped what helped the yoga or the goat or yoga? <laughs> i know right yeah. actually actually the yoga but the goats were cute i mean they would come up to you you know they thought you had food and they would let you pet them and everything and they, they were just really really cute yeah they that, were that's pretty cool that sounds really relaxing yeah, and then after we had the wine and cheese tasting afterwards, it was really a nice experience. Yeah, oh, nice. Uh, where, now where was that at? It was out in Butler, the oh, okay. area. Yeah, I think um, you're going to say it was in a goat farm. <laughs> it they had a lot. They have a big farm. It was, big huge. Farm. It was huge. I right. think they had cows and all kinds of animals. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah I, the I, goats were. Yeah, they they, were cute. yeah, that was definitely fun. Hey, the one thing I did want to mention, uh, what. Uh, what you had mentioned, Eddie, was about Harry Allback. I just want to tell the listening audience, yeah, if you check, out, you know, he's the guy that, that I credit to get me into magic, actually. He came to my school show back when I was uh, in fifth grade, probably 1974, and I saw him do a show, and he at that time he was taking part in a local, uh, local TV program called Adventure Time with Paul Shannon. And so, you know, he was, he was always dressed like a genie. Uh, like, that's the way he dressed, like a genie. He would wear, like, a uh, hat, like a hair harem pants and stuff and i'll tell you he had a really cool show you know you know for the kids particularly so yeah so uh we became friends later on in life you know like after i got into magic and he even stopped up uh you know stopped up for for dinner uh so once we got married he you know so uh, so he stopped by a couple times and so forth he passed away when our first son was probably old in 1994 i believe he passed away uh the one thing that i did not uh 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 uh, properly say in the video uh, was Harry's birth date. He was born in 1925. I did make a a verbal error. I said 1995 for some reason. You yeah. tried to make him younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was born in 1995 and he died in uh, 1994. <laughs> so he actually negative one. You know. Yeah. I hope I hope Sherry gave you your lashings for that. 
yeah, you know what? It's just, it's just, I like to do these things perfect. And it's, you know what? It's just, we're oh, well. doing so many things at once. You know, Sherry's holding the. I'm proofreading your notes next time. Yeah, she's going to proofread. There you go. Well, yeah. the, the thing is just basically that maybe it might have been the goat milk you drank that wasn't too good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he got the goats on the mind. Yeah. Yeah. That, there that's you go. great. Well, hey, guys, that, that's that's some awesome, uh, awesome news. Definitely the goat things. And Sherry had mentioned cows. I actually had, um, had, I had to wrangle some cows at work last night. There was two. Oh, wow. long-haired bulls that were walking in the street grazing they had gotten wow out of their uh pen or whatever from a neighboring mm -hmm. uh township so we had to get the owners and i helped wrangle them in so i i i would say i'm a cowboy now we, i mean you'll be in business get a yeah, I get a cowboy hat i mean i'm pretty much a cowboy i wrangled cows what what else is there i mean you that's know right. just, <laughs> but no that's yeah that was uh in, interesting last night and uh just before we get into our topic i want to talk uh real quick let everybody know out there that um some news on the scary monsters magazine front there's some really cool news that uh just came out a few days ago that i want to share with anybody with everybody so uh issue number 126 is it's it's ready to go it's out at newsstands and all that you could order it online uh, issue number 127, the Island Ghouls issue, it's available for pre-order coming out the end of June. And also, Castle of Frankenstein, they are starting off uh, with the original numbering. So the original uh, run ended at 35 after the uh, the original owner. And then uh, Dennis Tennis, he had, I think, two or three issues, which ran into 35. Well, they're starting it off with number 36 and what's really cool about this and so a few weeks ago i think we mentioned it and they weren't sure what was going on with uh with the copyright and everything but they were they were putting it out there because they were very um very confident that they were going to get the the copyright and, and everything on it so on may 24th of this year uh the people over at Scary Monsters, they were issued by the United States Patent and Trademark Office, the rights to Castle of Frankenstein. Oh, nice. Which nice. I, I thought was was really cool. So they are full go ahead for issue number 36, which is going to come out uh, fall of this year, and they're pre-ordering it, and it's going to be a blast. They're, they're kind of keeping um, a little mum on it, I, I, I guess, N not saying too much about what's going to to be in it you, you guys could go over to mymoviemonsters.com and see their little synopsis on it it doesn't really say too much yet because i think they were waiting to see what was going on with the trademark and everything but they did get the trademark as of uh may 24th they are the official owners of um oh, of great. castle frankenstein so you know hats off to them that's yeah. really cool news uh joe Fantastic. didn't they have it before because i remember them publishing way back there was a um there had been a dispute. There was a person who put out a few issues a couple years back, and um, th there was kind of a dispute over the uh, the copyright. And um, I, I don't know all the details of it, but yeah, they ended up they ended up getting the copyright uh, uh, named for them. So everything's good and up on the up, and that'll definitely be coming out. And which. 
brings me to um, what I, I was hoping we could get into talking tonight because I was I was actually getting ready to do um, actually before the podcast. I didn't realize what time it was because I was doing some research and writing and all that on some uh, old time radio shows. And I had found out that one of the earliest um, horror hosts had come from an old time radio show. Do you guys I mean, everyone's familiar with, you know, horror hosts on TV and all that. And, you know, we've seen him in comic books, but uh, it was kind of fascinating to, to see that they actually kind of started in uh, old time radio shows. Do you, anybody out there know which radio show it is for five hundred dollars? The Shadow. Oh. Yeah, maybe the shadow, huh? No, no, earlier. Wow. Huh. You got earlier it. than the shadow? Yeah. Come on. Who come on? Let's take some guesses. I, I would know. say uh, earlier than the shadow. That's interesting, huh? Abbott and Costello? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because they uh, started in radio. Um all right, do you guys give up? Yeah, yes. I don't have any idea. <laughs> so one of the the earliest uh horror host now the shadow of course they they did have a host but it wasn't considered a horror host it was just a uh it was just a host so the actual horror host the deal was specifically horror was called the witch's tale which ran from uh may 21st 1931 to june 13th 1938 and uh the host of that program her name was old nancy uh, she was a witch, and she had a cat named Satan. Are you guys familiar with this the show at all? No, I no, never heard of it. No. I heard of it. I heard of it. I never heard the show, but I heard of it. Wow, that, yeah, sounds, pretty, a, that sounds pretty cool. Old Nancy. Wow. Yeah, it's a very um, kind of, I, I guess, in the uh, – it, it's kind of obscure because there's a lot um, of shows that, that are missing. What had happened was is the gentleman who, who – um, who first started the the show? Um, I'm trying to remember his, his name here, uh, Alonzo mm-hmm. Dean Cole. So he had he had started the show. Uh, he had um, everything copyrighted and everything. He kept copies of his scripts and uh, he kept copies of the radio shows. Well, when he ended up, he ended up moving. I think it was from like New York to California or vice versa, something like that. Well, he. He didn't think nobody really cared about any of the, uh, the scripts or anything, and so he ended up tossing them all out. So a majority of the uh, the stuff that deals with the the radio program has been uh, lost to time. So there's only a, a handful of uh, actual shows that are survived that have survived over the years. Uh, but what was also cool about the show as well is that it it spun off two uh, pulp magazines. Uh, called the Witch's Tales, and those came out in November of 1936 and December of 1936, and they kind of dealt with the same type of tales that the um, the radio program dealt with, and they were kind of, you know, you you would listen to the the first five minutes, and you're like, yeah, okay, I know what what's going on, you know. They were kind of more oriented towards you know a younger crowd and everything, but the the legacy that it, it it's it spawned is absolutely fascinating because it, it also influenced EC Comics publisher Bill Gaines. He was inspired by uh, Old Nancy, the host, which oh, wow. uh, he ended up creating the Old Witch for the the Haunt of Fear comic book. I'm sure you guys are familiar with oh, that. Yeah. yeah. 
And if anybody out there is not, you know, just check out Hanna Fear, the old witch that was inspired by old Nancy from, um, from uh, the tale. Joe, uh, if you guys have noticed, we have a guest that we were oh. expecting to be coming on the show. You want to introduce him, Joe? Hey, Charles, what's up? You were talking about old witches, so I figured an old warlock would have to come uh. on. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going great. I just finished a podcast talking about my horror book and the para- paranormal convention coming up, and I saw that you guys were on, and I wanted yeah. to uh, say hello. Awesome. Well, you jumped in at just at the right time because we're talking about horror hosts here. And um, I don't know what, when you you know jumped in, but we we're talking about the Witch's Tale old time radio show and how she was, you know, a lot of people say that she was the first uh, horror host, which was old Nancy from the program. And she ended up inspiring a lot of um, horror hosts down the line, which was uh, uh, Bill Gaines's influence for the old witch for the, the haunt of fear. And then it, it you know, kind of led into uh, Melia Nermi's uh, Vampira, which, you know, appeared uh, sure. 54 to 55. Yes. So that's kind of what I wanted to get into today is, is horror hosts and maybe some of your guys, because we've all grown up in, you know, different decades here. And, um, you know, just see kind of what everybody's uh, experience was with, with horror hosts. Now, I remember a few, you know, growing up in, in Ohio, I you know, whatever would come on, you know, late night, you had Joe, Bob, um, you, you had some different ones on there. There's some of them that I could kind of picture, but I can't remember the names because they, they were so far that, you know, it was so long ago, but Joe Bob was a real big one that, that um, I watched a lot. Um, Chuck and Sherry, did you guys have any, any experience or, you know, any, any stories with uh, horror hosts, you know, from when you guys were younger? Well, yeah. Uh, you know what? I tell you what, getting back to this witch's tale real quick, though, yeah, Joe, Sherry's pulling up some really cool things online here. Yeah. There's a book that's on Amazon called The Witch's Tale. looks really cool. And the graphics are really neat on here. And then she pulled up some things from the actual. Uh, are the pictures of uh, uh, yeah, old Nancy? Yeah. Uh, you know, the oh. pictures of old Nancy. Yeah. They're really, really cool. But yeah, but getting back to the actual uh, hosting things, you know, way way back in the late 60s when I was a little kid, I caught the tail end of where the, you know, where the radios, uh, you know, like we would we would tune in maybe like about eight or nine o'clock at night. And they do the and they do the the old the horse uh, you know sounds you know yeah <laughs> you know yeah like stuff like that and everything and uh, so that was kind of cool but then but then growing up as a kid here in Pittsburgh there was there was probably the original uh, uh, show which is called Chiller Theater it was hosted yeah, it was hosted by uh, by Bill Cardill yeah. and uh, you know I think he ran that from the early sixties up until about nineteen eighty if i'm not mistaken and you know what he post all kinds of cool movies and and then uh between like he would he would uh he would do some skits and everything it was really cool you know so like uh, check that out online bill cardill he just passed away about two years ago here in pittsburgh yeah you know i, I met him a few years ago at monster bash uh yeah. and i'm sure charles has too when he was there and he really stand-up guy i mean i mean just yeah. just fantastic guy you know willing to shake your hand and take pictures and, you know, talk about whatever you want to discuss. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it was a sad he, passing. Yeah. yeah. He was a fantastic guy. As a matter of fact, he is, he is buried here in Pittsburgh. So we've We're been, do a, 
yeah, one of the grave sites again, one of the videos. Yeah. So, been doing. yeah. So sometime in the near future, you know, we would like to stop over at his grave because like, I have a bunch of uh, memorabilia from, you know, from Chiller that he sent me yeah. and it, some really cool stuff, you know. So, yeah, he was a stand up guy. He hosted a really, really cool show for probably 20 some years. You know, uh, I want to ask all you guys, because I'm sure Charles or uh, you, Joe, might be able to answer this. But I mean, I ha- I've heard in the past, I've forgotten over time. But one of the things I, I wanted to bring up to your attention is we all know that the original granddaddy of monster magazines is basically famous monsters of Filmland that was basically published by um, Jim Warren and uh, Forrest J. Ackerman. Now, my story is this, or my question is this. What happened to Jim Warren? Like, isn't he the owner of all these magazines from Castle of Frankenstein, Creepy Magazine, and then all of a sudden, they, you know, they've gone all over the place, but I've never heard what exactly happened to Jim Warren, and why did he lose the copyrights to all those magazines? Yeah, I, that I that I don't know too much um, about the the copyrights and all that. Maybe Charles might know a little bit about it. <clears throat> I just I just know that Philip Kim uh, was a publisher out of the West Coast, and he took over Famous Monsters and tried to bring it back. You know, for about ten years there, put out some great issues, but it uh, didn't survive. It didn't have. You know, the humor, it didn't have the old stills as the original, but it really gave it a good shot. And I think he actually got uh, the rights from the Warren estate somehow. I heard, yeah, what happened, I think, with him, he had a, he started with Forrest A.J. Ackerman, and then apparently he had a major um, dispute with him somehow that went to court and everything. And again, Forrest J. Ackerman was just a, a publisher, not the publisher, but the editor. He wasn't really the owner. So I don't think he was able to acquire anything from it. But I do know that somebody then took it over. They're still actually publishing uh, Famous Monsters. And I know that Warren and him, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not Jim Warren. I know that Forrest J. Ackerman and that guy, I think Kim, were in court for a while. And people try to blackball the, the magazine because it was under Kim. They were, I remember ads uh, saying not to buy it. Well, um, it it's too bad. bad. It, it, it gave, gave it a shot. And, and Forrest Park, Park I mean, he's, he's, he's God. God. He's, he's the monster maven of all time. Just, Just like, like I, I think, think if we, we talk, talk horror hosts, we have to tip our hat to Zachary in New York. York. Oh, absolutely. And then, and then I grew up in the Bronx. So... They were, uh, Charles, let me ask you a question. Are you like in a room next to a grave or something? Because we're here <laughs> yeah, with in the background. Um, uh, I'll, I'll uh, uh, sign out and come, come back. back. I no. think he signed in twice on here. He's... That's what, yeah, you double. Now, Eddie, you, Eddie, when when you came from from Cuba, you you went to the New York and New Jersey area. What was your? I mean, there's some great horror hosts that that came out of that that whole area. So, did you have any you know experience with them uh, at that time when you came to the states? Yeah, well, actually, the experience I had back in the day were uh, you would have, of course, I remember uh, exactly very rare. Rarely, because, you know, I, he wasn't really that much in my, he's earlier from like the 60s, 
1968, 69, 70, he didn't really come on too much. Chiller Theater was like the main thing you would see on TV. And um, the other thing that did grace my area was the hilarious House of Frightens thing, which in 1973, uh, I used to love coming home after school to watch it. And of course, uh, that was a Canadian show. I think and, I do. Re- I think I do remember that, Eddie. Yeah. It, it only showed up in one season. Yeah. And even though in Canada it has gone for like 26 seasons, I think uh, Van Ike or something like that was the actor that played all the parts. But I mean, I loved the show. I never forgot it. But I think they didn't really let it come in this country because of the uh, soap closure. Not closure, but I'm saying the names, like, for example, instead of Frankenstein, they were saying Hilarious House of Frightenstein. Frankenstein. And then yeah. because of that reason, I, I thought as a kid it said Frankenstein. Yeah. I know that uh, <laughs> the famous Vincent Price was the narrator that they used for the show to open and close. And, I mean, the show, I think, was phenomenal. It was funny. Uh, it was very kid oriented, but it, it was a funny show. A funny and show. today, even to get them is so hard, it's crazy. Like you can get online, um, you know, uh, one or two or three episodes and pay like 50 bucks for a, a DVD. Um, but, you know, the Hilarious House of Frankenstein, again, ran for about 25 or 26 years in Canada. Wow. Um, I've tried to get the entire thing. It's, it's very hard to get it. Uh, but it was really that's the only thing I do remember from the seventies. Well, there's even a few there's even a few current ones, right? Uh things the guy from Chicago that has a rubber chicken. What's uh, uh Spangoli? Spangoli. Oh yeah, yeah, Spangoli, yeah. But he's a new guy. He just came around there. He's kind of cool. Yeah. He plays he plays some pretty good movies. I, I tuned in a couple of times. They're they're actually pretty good movies. Well Sven Sven Gulli, he's no, he's not that new. He came out in seventy one. Yeah, he's been around a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Yeah, he's one. He's one of the longest horror hosts. If yeah, not, he took over. He took over from somebody else, didn't his father? I think he was the original one. Maybe I'm not sure. I mean, you guys know more about that than me. But he's kind of young. I think he might have taken it over. Somebody yeah, I don't think that's what I was gonna say. I don't think '71. I never remember hearing of him. But I'm gonna tell you guys one thing though. When you look at horror, even like when Elvira came around, I don't remember exactly the year. I know that in in the 1980s. I went to see her film once or twice, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Elvira. <laughs> but um, I got to tell you something, though. Zachary, I mean, the guy was really way, way for a long time. A lot of people don't know him from the West Coast because he only dealt with, you know, the East Coast of Pennsylvania area. Yes. New York City. But, but he was a phenomenal host, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Charles, what was what's some of your experiences with uh, with horror hosts? Well, I do remember uh, Joe Bob from his, when he was on USA Network for a few years, and I really yeah. loved his show. There's uh, these two guys who are on now, but you have to do a little research to find them. They play a lot of these obscure horror films. Um, there, it's called Graveyard Cinema, and uh, the way to find them is to go to themonsterchannel.com. And oh, the, one of our favorite places around here. <laughs> yeah, and and these two guys, my, my dear friend John DeBridnio and his buddy, you know, are in character, and they show great films, and that's they're they're my favorite out there now. 
Um, but Sven Gulli's up there. I mean, you know, he's been around for a while, and you might be right that he took it over from his dad or for someone else. But, you know, that name is, is synonymous with Harahos. And I think there's one called Count Vidal, if I'm not mistaken, who used to help host the um, the horror conventions, which were called Horror Find in Maryland. And they stopped having those. But those were some great, great shows, and he was at all of them. How, yeah, you, how many- you know what, Charles is... Graveyard Cinema, too, that, that's one of my favorites. I'm going to have to put you on the spot here. We've got to get those two guys, uh, Mad Marty and Horrible Henry, on onto the show here. So I will, I will get them for you. They're those, those, guys are, those guys are fantastic. They are yeah. absolutely one of my favorite on, on the Monster Channel, and there's a few other ones out there, too, but I, I, lo- I absolutely love them. They're, they're, they're great. They give you some good – I mean, they give you some good tidbits of, uh, of information, you know, uh, before the movie, after it, and in between, they're they're fantastic. If nobody's seen them, just search in Graveyard Cinema. You'll find their Facebook, their YouTube, and all that stuff. And it's Mad Mar- Marty and Horrible Henry. I am so glad you know those guys. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> really cool. And like you said, you know, the Monster Channel. There are tons of these new horror hosts uh, on there, and every once in a while they'll throw in you know some vintage ones and all that, but. These new ones are just as good. I mean, if not, sometimes I, better. I oh, got to yeah. put some of you guys on the spot here. And I think Charles and good possibility Chuck will remember. Do you guys remember the old back in, in the school years when we were very young, Scholastic Magazine? Oh, um, That they absolutely. used to have a dynamite and there used to be a Count Morbida. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember. Do you yeah. remember him, Charles? I, I remember Scholastic because I would order those like crazy. Oh, those were great. I don't remember Count Mordox. How do you know Morbid? It was like Morbid, Morbidad. Oh no! Yeah, he, uh, he came in back of a uh, Dynamite magazine, and I remember having a flexi record of him talking. He sounded just like Bella Lugosi. Wow! <laughs> nice. That was a really nice. Uh, I used to love reading his little uh, comics at the end of that. But um, I do remember I, that. That was that was cool. Hey, if you guys want to go. And not so much horror hosts, but more like B movies. Back when I was dating my wife, Gary, back in about 1990, I used to come home, you know, from doing some magic shows. I'd go up to my bedroom, I'd watch good old uh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried with his USA up all night. Oh um, yeah, fantastic. I mean that was he was hilarious. Oh, he was hilarious. But they were all B movies, and they were so corny, but they were cool. You know, he just passed away. Yeah, he just passed away. He right, passed that's away. That's yeah. what that's what I was thinking of. Joe Joe Bob was part of that um, up all night. Um, you know, team. And there were some films on there. I went to college with this gal, Carrie Zuris, and everyone always said, well, did you ever see the film she was in? And I said, no, I never heard of it. She was never in a film. I don't believe it. Sure enough, one night at two in the morning uh, in the TV guide was this film. And I don't remember the name, but right in there, it said uh, who the stars were. And one of them was Carrie Zuris. And I saw it up all night, gave us a lot of crazy stuff they were fantastic and it and they would split it you know between ronda and uh gilbert god oh one of my favorites too yeah you know but growing up as a a young teen boy during that time she was one of my favorites oh yeah (laughs) you know what though but those movies were so so different you know they were they were b movies but they were hilarious i remember like attack of the killer tomatoes and all kind of crazy movies they were yeah you you know you want to check i we I, I don't know about you guys, but I really gotta, you know, give it to those those horror hosts, especially during the eighties and early nineties that 
you know, they were responsible for my love of these, you know, some people call them trash, but I call them treasures, man. These, some of these movies that, um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even look twice at. And, and I've bought multiple DVDs and magazines of them <laughs> because, you know, they're just they're so lovable. They're, they're, they're great. great movies. Yeah. Oh, yes. you, know, you know, you guys are bringing me back to memory lane here. Memories. <laughs> One of my favorite movies ever was the Abbott and Costello Hold That Ghost. Oh, yeah. There's, there's oh. a part in the movie there where they're waiting for this truck to pick them up and take them. Not a truck, uh, like supposed to be like a bus or whatever, a taxi in the time. And um, Costello, the lady says to Costello, Do you remember the Tales of Tales? I'm the one that screams in the show and then he screams. He goes, oh my God. And he jumps up in Abbott's hands. <laughs> oh, tales of tales, you know. But that's, you know, growing up and watching that stuff, that's how we get as kids, get introduced to all this famous thing. Now, if you guys remember, and I'm sure, Charles, you got to know this. Back in the early 70s, like really, really 1970, 71, when Chilla Theater would come on, mm-hmm. it would be on midnight. Mm-hmm. Exactly at midnight. And the first thing that would come on at midnight would be the Frankenstein image, the face of Frankenstein. And in the background, you hear thunder. You know what? I was by the television and I made sure that before 12, I would turn it off. <laughs> if that thing came on and Frankenstein flashed, I couldn't sleep for the night. <laughs> okay. That was the worst. <laughs> it used to terrify me, man. So I, I grew up, there was two. There was Chiller Theater and there was Creature Features. And, um, I, and I can't remember which one had this great collage. It was like a medley of clips. And you would see the Colossal Man. And you would see all these great, like, thir- thir- like 10, 13 seconds of all these great, mm-hmm. great B movies. And it would be the best scenes from those movies. And you would get psyched. And say, when is that movie ever going to come on? <laughs> well, you know what, Charles? You, you, thank you for correcting me. I've been thinking, Chiller. It was that other one you just mentioned. What was the ch- creature feature? Yeah, creature I think feature. it was creature features. Yes, yeah. and they came in at twelve, and there was a collage, and it started with the Frankenstein monster. That's what used to terrify me. I, that's they, exactly right. You're right. That's it. See, I, you corrected me. I'm glad you reminded me of that because I kept saying Chiller, but it wasn't Chiller. Chiller would play. Like on Sundays, I think. But that creature feature, that would come in and it would show the colossal where the man is lifting like a bus over his head. That's it, right? Yep, that's the one, man. I remember that. And it, oh, go, wow. it would go like, ooh, the music, and they show the Frankenstein and go, <laughs> I'm going to look that up on YouTube. It's got to be there, man. So who who remembers this horror? Now, Chuck, you, Chuck and Sherry, you guys might remember him because the hint is he was out of Cleveland and he would start off every uh, program greeting his fans with hello there hmm. hello there you hello there superhost from wuab superhost yeah. you guys remember superhost well it was it was more of a cleveland uh, northeast ohio uh, western Comed- pennsylvania comedian marty allen would say hello there <laughs> the one with the crazy hair yeah yeah. yeah 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 well, this was this was Marty Sullivan, and he was Superhost, and he looked like a, um, you know, if you if you bought a a Superman doll off a of Wish or something instead of Amazon, <laughs> he had this he had this red cape, a red nose, and he had a big H on his uh, 
chest, and he ran from uh, he was on WUAB Channel 43 in Cleveland from 1969 to 89. Oh. And um, he would come on usually about you know noon, probably you know, mostly on the I believe it was like a Saturday or Sunday. And uh, he would start off with some Three Stooges shorts, some Laurel and Hardy, and then he would get into his uh, to his movies. But yeah, he was he was one of the other ones that I grew up with oh, that just wow. kind of. I know, think I, you know mind. what I think I saw pictures of him, but I don't remember him actually uh, doing. Yeah, the show, if you see a I, picture of him, I, I guarantee yeah. it'll, it'll jog your memory because, like I said, he came out of Cleveland, but he was real big northeast Ohio, western Pennsylvania. I think you know maybe out towards like just a little bit past Pittsburgh, he would have been. Uh, okay, um, Joe, funny. you sound like Super Grover from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you remind me of, man. Come on. <laughs> Hey Charles, why do hey. you? Uh, I know you and and I know you and uh, Chuck would have a lot to talk about. Why do you mention to Chuck how you did those uh, Transylvanian tours and how you bought some bones over to Joe and you gave it to him to put in his basement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've been doing the Dracula tours to Transylvania oh, since nice. 1998, where we bring fans over to. Um, Bucharest and uh, Brasov and Shigishora and you've never heard of these places but this is where Vlad was born wow. this is the place where wow. he was buried and cool. we combine the legend of Dracula with the actual history of Vlad Vlad the Impaler and I've been doing it since 98 we go every year I've been doing that forever but one year early on um, one of the uh, old old churches they were doing excavating around it. It was being unearthed. And I guess there were crypts under the church, which isn't uncommon. But the bones were scattered, human bones, like all over the sidewalk. And, and, wow. and they were just waiting, waiting to be swept away. Um, and, I, and my friend and I look at each other. We, we, can we save these bones? What can we do? And, you know, obviously it was too many to, to, to save or preserve. But we took like a baggie full. And we brought it to back in the States. Thank God there was no TSA as, as crazy <laughs> as it is now because they would say, what do you do with human bones? And it's like, oops. Um, but uh, we brought them. There was uh, Kevin Clement who runs Chiller, uh, the expo in New Jersey, had shop, had a shop in Hackensack, New Jersey at the time. And we brought it to his store. He said, here, if anyone could use this, this is for you to put on display in your uh, in your window. I don't think he ever did. I think he was a little creeped out by us getting human bro bones, thinking that he would love yeah. this stuff. <laughs> I think he would have been happier if I brought him some old like posters. Um, but yeah, that, that was one of the craziest things that we ever did on one of those Dracula tours. Wow, that would be That's that would so be wild. cool. Hey, if you guys ever need some spooky magic, I specialize in in some really cool spooky magic. If you ever need something for your tours, let me I, know. I hope you also do voiceovers because your voice is like unbelievable. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. You, you know, I, I want I want to tell you guys when I, a lot of you guys have forgot when you're mentioning horror hosts and stuff. One of the earlier horror, horror hosts used to be Vampira, which actually spun oh, off. Yeah. I think. Uh, Vampira was in the 1950s. She's the one that appeared with Ed Wood. Yeah. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. it looks like Morticia. And I think Morticia, uh, Van, Van, you know, Vampirella, uh, Elvira, all those are kind of spin offs of the original Vampira, I think. 
Yes. I, yeah, she I she want, was cool. Didn't she act in the uh, Project Nine or something? Nine. Yes, that's Project exactly Nine from Outer Space. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. That was really neat. <laughs> now I, you, I tell you what, what else is cool. If you guys you guys could find there, it's on YouTube. It came out in 1954. Was the episode of uh, the Red Skeleton Hour, and the episode's called Dow B for Brush. And she's in it along with Bela Lugosi and uh, Lon Chaney, and it is wow. a it is a fantastic, Ooh, I mean, it's a fantastic episode. Definitely wow. look it up. Red Skeleton Hour from 1954. Dow B for Brush. Well, you guys, you guys are bringing up such great memories and memories while you're doing it. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, you you guys, uh, you mentioned that uh, the original Spangoolie, Jerry Bishop, started in 1970. He passed it on to the writer, Rich Cos, oh, as the son of Spangoolie, and he took over the show. I think he says here, but the third time the show was rebooted because it went out of business twice before, and it came back in 1973. It was canceled in 73, later revived in 1979, and then it says here, with fan-turned writer, Rich Cos, as son of Spangoolie, by the third time the show was rebooted in 1995, Bishop gave Cos express permission to just go by Stranguli and he has ever since well, actually not his son it was a writer that was a, uh, supposed to be a fan writer okay. and he's the one that's doing it now thank you for clearing that up yeah rich I, right is correct i wasn't uh, too sure about that but uh yeah but uh the thing with vampira i i think he died of breast cancer if i'm correct or something like that but she was there was a time there that she was actually i think suing or uh, viral. She was suing somebody for using the vampire thing, kind of look alike. I think there's a documentary on her actually that was done uh, posthumously many years later. Yeah, she was. Um, I, I know that in her later years, well, well in the 80s and all that, because she had passed away in uh, 2008 from natural causes. But in the 80s and all that, with the advent of um, Elvira, uh, Nermi, which was was her real, you know, vampire's real name, Melia Nermi. She yeah. um she wasn't making too much money and she was you know, um kind of on the back end of Hollywood and all that. So yeah, she ended up uh, she was going through litigation and all that with uh, Cassandra Peterson over Elvira. Okay. And uh, you know I, I read about it a few weeks ago and I can't remember the details, but it kind of just fizzled out. She didn't go a- along through with it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Elvira ended up you know doing her thing and all that. But yeah, you could definitely find it online. The whole yeah. Uh, you could read articles about it on what actually happened. Who was who was the act? Who was the act on the Project Nine? Uh, uh, he was the bald headed man. Tor was, Johnson. That's him. Oh my goodness, he played good in there. That was a neat. That was he a was neat a form, former wrestler. I a think. former wrestler from Sweden, I think, wasn't there or something? Uh, I yes. can't remember. Yeah, but, he was from he was from Sweden. Yeah, from yeah, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Great. I tell you what, it, when I cringe when people say that, you know, that's one of the worst horror movies ever or or put it in that category because i i absolutely love the film yeah wow wow that those faces he made on there when he was walking when he was a zombie that was unbelievable oh my goodness he did a really good job (laughs) you know he's he's played in he's played in some some good movies out there you know mostly b movies and he played you you know usually the bad guy or a wrestler or something like that yeah. yeah very very Man, you know what? He kind of looked like George Steele, George the Animal Steele, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you guys, when we talk about horror hosts, there was a bunch of horror hosts in the seventies and fifties. 
One of those, I think, was also Joe Bob Briggs. Um, his real name was John Bloom, and he started in uh, running a drive-in theater. Oh, and that was the eighties. He started. I yeah. remember, and then there was Bob Wilkin. Bob Wilkins was like a normal guy with a cigar. Oh, he come on not, right before that the sounds movie. familiar. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and then there was one that looked like the guy from uh, uh, this one with uh, my what's it, uh, this thing Back to the Future. The guy who plays the doctor there, he's wild. Well, he knows Sidney Noel Radio, and he was Dr. Morgus, and he was from like the New Orleans area, and he played a mad scientist. I remember that in early, uh, and I saw him once or twice, the guy I just mentioned right now, Sidney Noel Riddell or something like that. When I was watching, see, back in the 1970s, and, and again, Chris, you'll know this very well, uh, is uh, do you remember WHT Wameka Home Theater when it came on in the 1970s, early 1970s? That you could subscribe to it and it had uh, nightcap films, had all this stuff, and it was an answer to people who didn't want to have HBO because they didn't want to have wires in the house. Oh. <laughs> the way Wameka Home Theater worked was it, it was like a, a tabletop, I mean, a, a TV top box. And it had a little antenna next to the box, and it was nineteen ninety five a month, and you would get movies. And then, you know, when I had that in uh, Upper Manhattan, in the um, in the uh, area I grew up in uh, Washington Heights, uh, that guy would come on on Sundays, <laughs> and and I remember that I saw like once or twice, if I'm correct, Sundays or Saturdays, that he looked like a mad scientist, and he would play the part. That was another host that I kind of was a memory right now looking at some of the pictures. Um, do you remember that at all, Charles? No, but I do remember that that pay TV because I remember going to the movies. And I, again, I, I grew up in the Bronx and all these theaters had these signs. Uh, do not support pay TV. Don't pay for your TV. <laughs> Either get it free or come to the movies. Theaters were really scared. They were scared. Um, and this was before HBO or Showtime or any of the pay channels as we know it. Forget, forget Netflix and streaming. That was the first of the, of the pay TV. And movie theaters were scared, you know what, list because they thought it was going to put them out of business. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you, you know what? When you lived in Manhattan, if you lived in lower Manhattan, they had Manhattan cable TV. And if you live in Upper Manhattan, like in uh, where I was in Washington Heights, they had, tel excuse me, Telepronto cable TV, <laughs> and um, WHT came in and and left within maybe a five year period. The thing that was interesting about WHT was that, you know, when we look at today, they have satellite antennas and they're huge, and you need in order to get satellite TV a dish on your house. I still have, and I can tell you this. One of those original WHT boxes. In fact, I wish I could find it to show you that <laughs> the antenna that was on that little thing looked exactly like, uh, let's say, those white plastic hangers for your closet. It was like a little hanger coming out where the knob was. And it had, like, for example, uh, one or two or three little things that went across it. So it looked like a T. With like three things, it looks like one of those electrical poles. Oh, I know. Go yeah. out on the, yeah. on the highways, mm. and let me tell you, it was no bigger than maybe eight inches. I don't understand how you could, in the 1970s, put that thing on your television, watch cable, 
through satellite and not have an antenna outside of your house. Eddie, what you don't know is that the aliens were monitoring you through those. That's a possibility. I, I forgot that. That's maybe why I turned the way I was. And I got so many products. I'll tell you guys a pretty funny story. In 1979, I was in high school. I was about 16 years old. And my parents said, okay, we're going to get cable. Okay. But, uh, but then the cable guy shows up and no one was home except me. You know, don't leave a 16 year old kid home because I said, yeah, go ahead. Put in HBO, put in all this, all, all this stuff. You know wow. what? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, the, so my parents come home. I'm watching all these crazy movies. They were so mad. They said, are you crazy? I mean, like, the, I mean, the bill would have been like $95 back in, you know, you know, like per month back in wow. 1979. Yeah. They almost died, you know, <laughs> Well, it, it, you know what I did back in the day, you would have the way they worked was up in the in the roof of the buildings, they would put filters. Like you had three or four filters that would prevent the channel yeah. from going through. So if you wanted to watch, say, HBO, the channel would come through, but a line would be through the middle and it would be distorted <laughs> with all this stuff. So you had to remove the filter in order to watch it. So over time, people would get a hammer. They had this magnetic locks on them, hit the <laughs> magnetic lock, break it off, remove the filters, and then you got free cable. <laughs> Crazy. And uh, I remember watching, I used to, there used to be a channel called uh, Uptown that was only in New York City. And I'm not going to get into what shows were on it, but it was so funny. I used to get the, the, the cable box shows from my channel, 2 to 13. But here's the funny thing. We had cable back in 1968 in Manhattan. New Jersey didn't have cable until like maybe the mid-70s, early 80s. That's the so funny thing about it. Yeah. And, well... Uh, here in, here in Connecticut, I think we got it three years ago, so we're really behind. <laughs> Guys, I want to thank you for bringing me on and letting me do a cameo with you. I got to run, but thank you so much. Yeah, hey, Charles, oh, thanks for, for stopping by, man. Anytime. Always great to talk yeah, with you, man. Take care. Love yeah, Charles. It. Charles, the show is almost over in two minutes. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah the way you guys were on a roll i thought we were going till midnight yeah we got about we got about eight minutes left so it's okay. up to you if you want to stay or bounce i'll stay with you if i can plug my uh my book <laughs> sure absolutely man let us know give us a a, a quick uh plug for it a hundred celebrities gave me their top 10 favorite horror lists and it came out in the book of top 10 Horror Lists, which is bookoftop10horrorlists.com. Uh, people from like William Shatner and one of the Beatles, one of the monkeys, one of the monsters. It's just on and on. It's a great pop culture book and uh, you can get it on Amazon. And that's all I want to plug because I'd, I'd be going on forever if I did, if you gave me all the things <laughs> to plug, you know. <laughs> nice. That's all right. But hey, you know, we, we talked a lot tonight about uh, horror radio and um, horror hosts and all that. And so yeah. I want to give everyone out there, you know, a a movie to to watch for the week. This is your homework for the week. You got to oh, find this oh. movie and watch it. It is a if if B movies watched B movies, this would be this would be the movie that they would watch. And it's we called need- Slime People from 1963. Slime People. And so, I saw it when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. Well, well this is this is everybody's uh, homework for the week. So just a little bit on the the Slime People. It did come out in. Um, in 1963 it was directed by robert hutton and um it it was uh distributed by uh donald j henson enterprises and it had a budget of fifty six thousand dollars approximately and over the years it's it's 
become, I, I guess you could say, a kind of a cult classic. There's been a lot of um, a lot of these, you know, higher up uh, uh, authors and film critics have given this movie terrible reviews. But a lot of you know people like us that love B movies and love monster movies. Well, hey, you know what? Can we even be cooler than your movie, Joe? Well, I've been talking to a couple of people, Joe. So you have to tell me when that day is going to be. But for our 100th episode, I was thinking of going live, doing it over net um, uh, Zoom, and having. And this is the people that have agreed to be on: Zara Carlo. Wow. I don't know if Mr. Charles Rosney here would like to be on. I would Definitely. And we can do this. And you know what, man? Chuck and everybody will be live. That would we'll be, be cool. We'll be able to see the monsters in each of us. <laughs> so those that are hiding their face from the world will be able to disclose who they really look. And finally, we can get an idea who the person behind that screen <laughs> that that scream from the house of the unusual that face of terror <laughs> looks like in well, real love it love it well from what i from what i'm i'm looking at uh on our thing not including like you know the the year wrap-ups or or best loves that were were put out this would be when this one comes out it'll be our actual uh 98th original episode i think we have two on there that are kind of like a best ofs or a, a wrap-up that were put on there um i'll have to check so i believe this is going to be our our eighth one and we wrap it up and let it out there know uh check us out on youtube we talked a little bit about it in the beginning our youtube channel is continuously growing eddie and chuck are putting out some great things we now have shorts on there and they're not the kind you wear to the beach i found out they're little you know, less than a minute uh, clips like you would find on TikTok or whatnot. There's a forum up there that people are always posting some cool stuff on there, the collections. Uh, you could discuss. So uh, let us know some things that you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest, that is the place to uh, let us know. You could also find podcasts on there. Uh, we're pretty much on every, every and all uh, podcast platforms. So whatever your favorite one is, uh, check us out on there podcast give us a good review if you so choose to because that that definitely helps us out and uh we have some some big things coming up in the uh, the future here etsy.com uh house of the unusual we have chuck caputo's handmade magic sets there's only a few available there's two or three available of only eight made these are these are professional kits out there you guys want to get your hands on them because you know or so they're going to be worth millions and millions of dollars. So get on there and grab them, man. I mean, get on there. What are you waiting for? Grab them. The most important part, Joe, is that we can have anybody as a guest. We do this. We don't have fancy equipment. We refuse to do that because we couldn't be able to do the way we're doing it. Yeah. Remember, Joe has a storm. Everybody's having a storm. So yeah, I'm just glad you know, we made it through this podcast with. Hey guys, we we, we got to head out here. So so everybody's got your your. Uh, your homework for the week, the slime people, 1963. Next show you on it, make sure you watch it. And if you don't, Preston Sherry's going to give you uh, lashings. <laughs> and ask Chuck because when he's on the video, he got 20 lashings. So. <laughs> I thought it was That's all we got for tonight. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. And good night. Thank you, everyone. Thank good you. Night. God bless.